We can't build a brand online and build an audience that we absolutely love and a business that we're so excited to share to the world with if we're not tapped into who we truly are and we're not being seen as our most authentic selves. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Earn Your Happy podcast. This episode is so much fun because it is a live living room session. If you have not tuned into one of these before, they are actually my favorite episodes that I get to do because they are in person in front of a studio audience and it just brings out like a different part of our personalities. And when I say our, I am recording this episode that you're about to listen to with my friend Jen Gottlieb and Lindsay Schwartz. It also just happens to be Jen Gottlieb's big book release for Be Seen. And this is one of my favorite living room sessions because the topic is so near and dear to my heart. And I know it's going to be a big one for you guys, because if you have big dreams, that means that you have to be seen. And so this book is all about how to be seen, when not to be seen, how to get yourself out there more, how to be yourself more authentically, and then all of the fears that rise up when you think about really getting out there. And let me tell you, Jen has some of the best advice on this because she is out there in a big bad way. And it's literally what her company has helped people do for years and years. So you guys, I want to introduce my friend, Jen Gottlieb, who was our special, special guest at this living room session. She is an amazing entrepreneur, an international speaker who has literally been speaking on stages everywhere this year and last year. She's the host of the I Dare You podcast and the co-founder of Super Connector Media. She is an award-winning training events and online education company. And she has a successful five-year stint as a VH1 host and career as a Broadway actress. You guys, the stories from these are insane. You're absolutely going to love them. So let's get into the show. Hey, buddy. This is so cool. <laughs> she speaks in rooms of like 2,000 people, no, but this, this is, is a dream. This is even better. This right. one's kind of fun, right? It's Next like level. It's like we're in our like living room. That's right. Or teenage bedroom, but everybody looks way I mean, everybody better. Is way better. Everyone's so pretty. Lindsay, Lindsay and I just showed a picture to Jen of when we first like spoke together somewhere. And she's like, oh, look how cute you guys are. When you hear jumpsuits. We and- look like we were going off to a babysitting gig afterwards. We really did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so we're so excited to be here tonight. Do I even need to say anything for you guys to get what this means and how important this is? So be seen. Jen, I'm going to kind of just have you kick it off with what that even means, because being seen, I know tonight when we were talking about the topic, it was about all of these women in here, all of us, all of us who are, we're just on this trajectory, we're on this growth path. And what does it look like to move out from the middle of the pack out into the world to share your gifts and to say, I'm here? What is that? When I talk about being seen, it goes so much, so much further than building a brand and being visible online. Because you can't, I mean, you know this from personal experience that we can't build a brand online and build an audience that we absolutely love and a business that we're so excited to share to the world with if we're not tapped into who we truly are and we're not being seen as our most authentic selves. Because being somebody else and trying to put on the perfect Instagram live or make the perfect post that's like, something that everybody would love and something that we envision that we would look like if we were the perfect person for this person or that person and this person is going to be really exhausting to keep up with. I know because I did that for a really long time. And that's what the whole beginning of the book is about, of me having to have that moment where I'm like, who the hell am I? And it wasn't until I started really, truly understanding like, who am I and what life do I really want to live? And what type of people do I really want to be around? And how long have I been living my life based on all of these shoulds or presenting myself based on all the shoulds, right? Maybe it was what my family wanted. You should really do this. You should dress this way. You should act this way. You should date these type of people. You should hang out with these type of groups of people and you should be living your life this certain way. And then before I knew it, I woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I built this life and this brand and this community based on what other people wanted. 
And what I started to find after I took all that down and tore it completely down and it kind of just like imploded very dramatically. And I started having to be seen as real Jen and tapping back into her and figuring out who she was and just allowing my mess to be out there and allowing the real me to show up like loud and weird. We were just making weird noises back there. And we're like, we're weird before we go on stage. Just being exactly who I am. That's what's connected me to amazing people where I can truly be myself that lift me up. It's what's connected me to an audience. It's what connected me to my husband and my business partner. It's what consistently grows my business and helped me produce a book and speak on stages and do all these things that I never imagined that I could ever do. But it wasn't about being really strategic about what I wanted to be seen as necessarily. It was tapping back into seeing me. So being seen starts with seeing you for exactly as you are and allowing the world to see that person. And then it feels easy and fun. So that I wrote that book for you all, like specifically, I thought about you, you ladies, you were my avatar. I spoke to you while writing this book. So after I want you to leave this specific living room session, and I want you to really think about like, who is the real me? And how can I start being seen as that person, whether it's online or whether it's just with your family and your friends and your community and your girlfriends? Just start allowing that to flow and see what you attract because you you attract what you are. I love that. Lindsay, tell me a time when you have felt like you put your stake in the ground and decided to start moving like outside of your comfort zone and really decided to say, hey, I'm here. And I know that there's a million of these moments. So we were even in the back trying to figure out like, was there a specific moment that we feel like we like, that was it. That's when it was like, oh, I'm here. I've arrived. and we could never, none of us could nail down one. It's like it, there's so many of those little moments where you just keep growing and we're still so in it where it's like, we're still growing so much. It's crazy. Bring us back to when you first started to say, I'm going to put myself out there. I wasn't ready to claim it yet, but I knew that I had to do something different because I knew that what I was doing wasn't working because I felt so like restless inside. I don't know if any of you are at that point right now, or you've been at that point where you're just like, I just know there's more and I know I'm the only thing that's in the way of that more. Yes, you're speaking to me. And I didn't realize at the time what I was doing because I even think back for me, the moment is when I wrote my first book, I did that first event. I didn't do it to be seen. I did it to shake out of my comfort zone, to shake out of like this walking coma that I was in, that I was just doing the same things and pursuing the same goals and just wondering why I wasn't being discovered. And wanting something different. And wondering why, why like, working? you know, I was in the mall and no one was discovering me like, excuse me, <laughs> Tyra Banks walks up I and she's like, yeah. I just remembered that was internally how I felt. Like, why isn't anyone noticing? I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not getting the kind of recognition that I want. But really, I was just playing small. I was staying in my comfort zone. I was trying to stay safe. And when I decided to write my first book, this was in 2016. It published in 2017. I did it. And I think this is so important. I did it not to be seen. I did it to prove something to myself. Because what I needed to repair and the part of me that I like when you talk about like finding your authentic self, the reason I don't think I was even ready to be seen is I wasn't the person who knew myself as someone that I could trust when I said I was going to do something, I would do it. I didn't trust myself, which meant I didn't love myself at the, the depths that I could. And I don't actually think I was ready to be seen more. I was very susceptible to criticism at that point. I was very susceptible to people pleasing because I was just in such a state of not having any credibility with myself. So it was this journey of, yes, doing the things that people probably look back and they're like, oh, your event started to put you on the map or these other things you were doing. But it was actually such a more internal journey of me seeing myself but becoming the version of me that I was proud to have seen. I love that. You just weren't smizing enough. It wasn't smizing enough. I practiced it in the mirror, but it was always my dream for someone to discover Smize. me in the mall. In the mall. I, I know. I was at the limited to praying that when I tried on my rainbow crop top, someone would say, you. 
You. You are meant to be a star. (laughs) Come with me every day. That was my dream. Never happened. (laughs) I don't think Tyro's hanging out in Bay Park Square Mall in Green Bay, Wisconsin. She certainly wasn't in Upper Michigan. That was my mistake. It's fine. She, yeah. Did any of you go to those modeling things ever that like came to your mall and they're like, come to this model search? Okay, I won't tell you that I did then either. (laughs) (laughs) No. I wanted to. My mom wouldn't let me. My parents were just like, okay, go for it, but you're going to be disappointed. (laughs) Great. Thanks, guys. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) We'll talk about childhood trauma later, but (laughs) how about you? When was the moment for you? Not the moment, because we said there isn't a moment, but when was the first time that you're like, I'm going to do something that's going to hopefully move me out from the middle of the pack? Okay. The story that's coming to me is a story in the book that is something that was the biggest face plant in public that I think one of them that I've ever had in my entire life that ended up birthing something magical in our business and really showed me like my superpower and what I'm really good at. So many of you know, maybe you don't, maybe some of you don't know who the hell I am. My business partner is my husband, Chris Winfield. And when I met him, he had the business, it was his business. And he was doing these events called Unfair Advantage Live, where he would connect entrepreneurs to the media. And it was like 100 people and Chris and, and a screen. And, and that was it. It was a pretty small like business conference, but really, like really powerful and amazing. And I would go as his girlfriend and I would sit in the front row and I'd be like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I used to be an actress. So I was starting to see people on stage speaking like, I could do this. This is interesting. This was the first time that I ever started to experience, wow, there's a thing called like motivational speaking or like teaching on stage. This is something that I'm, I'm feeling really connected to. But I was just like the, the girlfriend that would support him. And Chris and I, maybe a few years later, started to become partners in the business. It just kind of sort, sort of like morphed together where I was going with him everywhere and I was selling for him and we were creating products together. And we're like, what if we took this and we built it into something bigger? And we made that decision to become business partners. He was still doing Unfair Advantage Live. So it was my turn to come and co-host Unfair Advantage Live with him for the first time. Let me tell you, imposter syndrome, not feeling good enough, being absolute, like every symptom of fear that I talk about in the book, I talk about the six symptoms of fear, perfectionism, comparisonitis, analysis, paralysis, all of the symptoms screaming at me because my boyfriend was the face of this company and everyone was there to see him and I was the girlfriend. Like, who the hell am I? I had never spoken on a stage before. I'd never done anything like that. I I was always a character, an actress. So I was completely unconfident. And if you look at the photos from this first event that I did, I'm standing like four feet behind him every time we're on stage like this, like waiting for him. I don't know if you you know the story, waiting for him to talk to see if it was okay for me to talk. And it was, I look back and I'm like, wow, I really needed to have this experience in order to learn and in order to prove to myself that I can get through those uncomfortable moments and move to the other side. And everything that I've created as a speaker now had to have started from me sucking. So the point in this event when we actually made money was when we sold the backend offer, which was a really awesome program to be able to work with our company to get yourself in the media. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this sales pitch. How hard could it be? I'm going to pitch from, I didn't know that it was a whole, like, it's a strategy that you need to know. It is a thing. People study for years to learn how to sell from stage. And I'm like, I'll just do it. Whatever. How hard can it be? You know, I'll read the slides. Okay. (laughs) Been on stage my whole life. I know how to do this. But I should have known when I got up on that stage, how petrified I was, how hard this was really going to be, but I didn't. And I got on stage to do this pitch and everything was riding on me. Everything was riding on this event of making money. And so I got up there and I bombed. When I'm telling you I bombed, you know when you're sitting and you're watching a comedian and they're bombing and everybody feels really bad for them? I tripped over my shoe. I didn't know what the offer was. I didn't know how much it was. I messed up with the slides. And this is how bad it was. Behind me was all these gift bags. And the whole thing was like, whenever when you want to join the program, everybody come up and grab your gift bag. And it was going to be this huge celebration where everybody bum rushed the stage and grabbed their gift bag. And that was the moment we were waiting for. And the end of the pitch comes and I'm like, okay, everybody come grab your gift bag. Nobody moved. Nobody Nobody stood up. Not a single person. I look at my boyfriend who I'm trying to impress. Like I could have, you know, he is like, everybody on our team is mortified. I'm the tears. I just proved myself right that I am not good enough, that I am an imposter, that I don't belong on this stage. All of my limiting beliefs are coming to the surface. So after this moment, we all, everyone goes to lunch. Okay. It's terrible. We haven't made one sale. 
I've ruined my boyfriend's event at this point, our event. I go in the green room and I, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, okay, Jenny, you have two options. You can either leave, which sounded really nice at that moment. Yeah, really. Leave nice. and don't come back. Yeah. Or you can figure out a way to salvage this. And I don't know how I was able to do this in that moment, but I just thought back to what would real Jen do? Like, what would I do? What is the thing that I know that I'm really good at that I can do right now to make this better? Because I'm not Chris. I'm me. So what can I do? And at that point in our events, there were no music or dancing. There was just like a DJ in the back that would play background music. So I go up to the DJ when lunch is ending and I'm like, I want you to play this song really, really loud when we get back. I just want you to blast it. Play it loud and play it the whole way through. And he looks at me after seeing me bomb on stage and he was like, <laughs> okay, like, sure. Like I had no credibility at that point. He's like, all right, fine. So we all come back from lunch and I'm like, I grab the mic and I'm like, okay, cue the music. And he starts playing the Justin Sim Timberlake song, Can't Stop the Feeling. Yeah. I got this feeling inside, inside my bones. You guys all know that. All right. So I'm like, everybody get on your feet. Let's go. And I initiate a dance party because me, I dance and I move and I have fun. And that's who Jen is. And that's like one of my superpowers. I'm a performer. So all of a sudden, the entire room gets on their feet. People get on the tables. They're on the chairs. <laughs> the whole, people are taking their clothes off. I'm not even kidding you. Swinging them in the air. The whole room, the energy shifts. Everyone's losing their minds. People are bum rushing the stage. The event is saved. The energy is transformed. And I'm having a blast. And I'm sitting there in that moment. And I was like, this is what sales is. Selling from my heart. So after that, we ended up making seven figures at that event. I saved the day from that. But here's what really came out of that. Now we always do dance parties at our events. If you ever come to an event, whether it's virtual or in person, there is dance parties no matter what. It's become a staple because that's part of who I am. And after bombing like that, I said to Chris and my entire team and myself, I am going to study how to become the greatest salesperson from stage ever of all time. And I made it my goal. That failure turned into such a great gift because now it forced me to have to learn the thing that I lacked. So not only was I revisiting who am I really and how can I use my superpower to change this energy and to shift this and to make it special and unique to me and allow myself to be seen as who I really am, which is dance party. That's me. And that was the key. And then it also taught me, hey, work your ass off and prepare and actually learn from your mistakes. And sometimes what you really want to create comes from putting in the time, putting in the energy, putting in the effort, and then sprinkling the you-ness that is you on top of it. Oh, so good. Oh my gosh. So what's yours? Oh, Do you have one? I'm thinking about the first time I did an event, which I'm excited to chat about your events in just a second too. The first time that I decided to do Bliss Project, I think some people were, Jess, were you at that first one? I was there. Remember like, you wore blue you, leggings. <laughs> you were at many of them. I know. I'm trying to think. Okay. But that for me was such a leap. That was such a moment for me where you guys, this was now probably 10 years ago now. And so I wasn't seeing other women doing events. There weren't really women doing big events yet. And so I went to a Jack Canfield event. I went to a Tony Robbins event. I went to all these men's events to be like, I'm going to try to put on this women's event. And what is this going to look like? And it was three days long. And I just remember deciding to do it, you know, when you're like, yes, I'm going to do it. But then all of a sudden you're doing it and the money's down and you realize it and you're so stressed out and you're waking up at night and you're so freaked out. And all of a sudden, nothing that you say is good enough and you're super dumb and you're not smart enough. And I'm like, you guys, I was trying to learn how to give people science formulations about like, I was like trying to learn all these quantum physics. And I'm like, I need to know everything except I was like terrible at it because that's not who I am. And so I was trying to be someone else so hard before that event that I got so freaked out and I was so in my head that I hired someone to help me put together slides of what I should say. So I hired this person. I spend a ton of money. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I don't even know this story. No. I spend a ton of money. We spend like a week on all of these slides. I have my slides for three days worth of content, you guys. I had speakers sprinkled in there. Two days before the event, my assistant had them and she called me and her computer crashed and all the slides were gone two days before my event. Do you think that's God or do you think that's God? Because I yeah. was about to go up there and try to teach quantum physics to people. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that part of the event. I was there. I was like, what was I doing? And so that's the whole point of like, 
I had to figure out who Lori was in two days and what that looked like on stage. Unfortunately, somehow she wore cardigans the whole time because yeah. she and was cold. You were like us. No. Okay. It was like a cute outfit. Then I got cold and I put on weird big cardigans <laughs> and all the photos are of me in big cardigans. And I'm like, never again. That's it. So that was a learning lesson as well. But that really, it's almost like if you're not being yourself, you guys, something's going to force you to be yourself. And it's not going to be a super fun lesson in the way that it's going to be delivered if you're not choosing to be yourself. So you don't have to learn it that way. You can actually say, what would this look like if it was me? Like, you know, I look at amazing women on stage all the time. I look at when Jen is giving these keynotes across the world right now, and I can sit back and admire her for her and say, that's not how I could be, but I could be that version, but me. And so when we can say that and start to learn to do that, your version, you guys, I have to let you in on a secret. Like it's even better. Like it's just so good. And I can't wait for you to be able to like unleash that and figure out what it is, but it's going to be super wonky at first. Like my first three or four events, I didn't feel fully like me at all. Maybe my first five or six actually, but like a little bit more comes out every single time. And so that would probably be the first one <laughs> that I really said, I'm going to put my stake in the ground and be seen. And I think when you do that, it is a contractual promise with the universe or God. Like, And so if you're saying you want to be seen, I would choose to be seen for yourself from the start than having to learn the hard way. Hey, y'all, if you didn't know, Earn Your Happy is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. This is so exciting to me because I have been looking for a really good home for the show for, I can't even tell you, years, literally. And now I've finally been able to come together and collaborate with other people who have incredible shows and I want to share them with you. One of the shows is Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. And you guys, if you don't know about the beginning of my career, I literally started with Brennan Bouchard's work. It's how I launched one of my very first online courses and membership sites was because he gives so much advice that you can integrate and implement immediately. And that's what you're going to get on the show. Not just motivation, but you're going to learn exactly how to get your stuff out in the world. And not just that, but Brennan runs in the most incredible group of humans who are really doing the thing out in the world that you want to be doing. So go check it out. Go subscribe to Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I promise you this is going to be one of those shows that no matter when you tune in, you're going to get value. Like it's not one of those that you're like, God, I listened for 30 minutes and I didn't get what I wanted. Like from the beginning, you're going to get something that changes your life or changes your business. So go check it out. Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I know you're going to love it. I'm obsessed. So Linz, for you, I know that, you know, you just came off of an amazing event. It gets better every single year. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. So for you, I want you to kind of share from the journey of the beginning till now, because I think people see people who put on events or like who are out there or who write a book or who have a podcast and they're like, they did the thing and they're just out there and people see them and they recognize them and people notice them now. And it's Lindsay, like everybody knows who that is. But tell me about what that real experience was and felt like. Well. It's funny because Taylor's here tonight. One of like my OG believed in the vision. I remember we had these like matching fry yay shirts and we, it's what we talk about today. Like find the people who are willing to pour life into your vision. And, and she was launching her yoga certification. I was just planning this little event that I had no idea what I was doing. And, and I just kept following that feeling that something was going to transform for me on the other side. And when I talk about how, I mean, initially I thought maybe I could have it in someone's living room. I was thinking the first powerhouse event would be about this size, except in an actual living room because I was like balling on a budget. <laughs> so then I figured out I could actually afford a hotel if I sold enough tickets. But Taylor's mom literally made my first website. This is amazing. I didn't have a logo. <laughs> I mean, I was just figuring it out as I went, but the vision was so clear. And the vision really was inspired by launching the first book that I had no qualifications doing. I really wasn't a writer. I had a lot of evidence for why that was the last thing I should be pursuing. But the day that the book launched, 
was a transformational day for me because I saw all these women and men in my life, but a lot of women around me show up for something that I had done and they were so excited about it. And I realized I had done it backward. I wrote the book in secret, didn't ask for help, didn't share with many people around me. And then it made me realize, wow, for all of us, if we knew we had a community around us as we were pursuing these big things, as we were pivoting and figuring things out in our businesses, maybe we wouldn't get stuck in our own way as frequently or we wouldn't stay stuck for as long. And I just thought, what would it look like to have that conversation in a room? And what would it look like to make this community that had already started to to really resonate with the message of the book, have them meet each other and just see what happens. And when that first event took place, I remember being really proud. I remember it felt so good. I remember I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I forgot to like get volunteers to help people check in. So I had my speakers do it. I was like, hey guys, so all hands on deck. (laughs) My husband Elliot was there and his one request was if he could wear a security shirt. Because he always just that was like a lifelong dream. And who was I to crush it? <laughs> and then people come up, came up to me and said, your security guard is drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember being so just willing <laughs> to follow this vision, even if I didn't know exactly where it was going to go. I had no plan for it to evolve into what it is today, but I was just talking with Sam today, my beautiful mentor for this season, about how I think the early part of my journey was really fueled by, I don't see the full path and I don't need to. I don't need to see it. Because I think had someone showed me this version, there's a part of me that would have been really inspired, but I would have felt like, no, there's no way. There's no way I could have a room of 600 people and have that stage presence and feel that comfortable gathering women like that or have this successful business or sell from stage, which is now one of my favorite parts to do. So I think it's important to realize that sometimes if we aren't being given like the full, full vision, usually we're given enough to get us to take the next step and then the next and then the next. And now I'm at a point and Sam challenged me on this today. She's like, yeah, I think you're ready to see a little bit further or be honest or start talking about like, well, what is the big vision? Because it's starting to become clearer, but I'm seven years in. And this year's event was a tipping point. I felt it. And like when we talk about being seen or being noticed, I've never really been worried about when people see me or if they will. The people who need to see me have seen me all along. But all of a sudden, it's like, you're the girl who does that event oh, we want to be a part of this. I want to speak on your stage. I turned down a major speaker who came to me asking to speak at the event two weeks before the event, a big one that I just did. We didn't have space for for this year, but all of a sudden it's taking on a life of its own. But I think the point I want to remind my former self and all of you is that was never the goal. I was following the next thing that stretched me. Because as I've grown, as I've become more willing to be seen, more ready to be seen, the rest just kind of follows in weird ways. And that's, I think, the biggest lesson that I've learned is I was focusing before on thinking that when I got the validation, then I would feel some type of way. But when I just focused on validating myself, feeling really whole within myself, really proud of myself, the rest has come in surprising ways. Things I never even thought to put on vision boards. I mean, this, this, these friendships, these opportunities that I'm getting right now have never been on a vision board because I wasn't even dreaming that big. I've just been focused on, okay, what's the next thing that kind of makes me want to puke? That's usually where all the best growth lies. It always is. What's the thing that makes me feel so unqualified right now? And what's waiting for me on the other side of that thing? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the way that your journey has played out in terms of, you know, you did that for seven years and I did Bliss Project for eight, I think we did eight or nine different Bliss Projects. And it wasn't until like seven that I feel like people started to go, oh, oh yeah, do you want to, we were talking about this. Do you want to come on this podcast? Do you want to do this thing? So I think when we get started we think like, hey, I did this thing. I should like be out there now. People should see me. They should recognize me. They should know it. I did this big thing. Look, look, look. Like 
truly, when you do a big event, you feel, see, I was a little opposite of Lindsay. I was like, no, see me. Who sees me? Who's looking? Was, were they looking? I was Did like, don't look. Looking? Don't look yeah. at me. <laughs> I was very Too opposite much. of that. So it's just knowing that when you let go of that and when you follow what you feel would be fun and what is your edge and you keep showing up because you guys, this is like, yes, it's what we want to be. We want these certain like friendships and we want to be on these certain stages. But if you don't fall in love with the actual journey to that stage, you're going to be so sorely disappointed. And you kind of remain in that desperate energy that I was in that actually pushes people away and pushes things away. So Jen, for you, tell me a little bit just about the path, because I feel like honestly, we're in your like coming out year. Like I feel like truly, I just feel like the world is noticing and seeing what did that look like though for you? It looked really, really messy in the beginning. And when you guys were talking, I was just thinking about how I know that I used to do this and I still do it every once in a while. And, and I talk to a lot of people who do it. We compare our beginning or chapter one to other people's finished product or their chapter 20, where they've been doing their events six, seven times or their podcast for six years. And we just start our podcast and we're like, I did one episode and no one listened. Why? And now I'm not going to do any more of them, right? Like this is hard. This sucks because we're comparing it to somebody else's highlight reel or their finished product. And that's okay because people have most people that have become successful, we don't see the behind the scenes step-by-step process that got them there. We don't see all the failures. We don't see all the face plans. We don't see all of the horrible videos and the horrible reels because we're just not paying attention yet. And we actually get to see somebody in their full experience of where they're at at that moment because that's just the way that the world works now with social media. We showcase our best events. That's okay. That's what it's for. However, if you came along my journey and in the book, I share it, And my friends and I always joke, I have an ongoing joke with one of my friends that was along the journey with me. If I were to hand in a resume to like an actual job with all the things that I've done in my life, they would be like, is this 80 people? Is this like, (laughs) how does this make any sense? If you would have told me back when I was a (laughs) Hooters waitress, we talked about this. Uh, Hooters else? waitress. Anyone else? We yes. both were. We discussed yes, our Hooters. Discussed. Okay. Our Hooters waitresses. <laughs> oh, another? Hootie, okay, hootie, hottie ho. Hootie, hootie, hottie ho. What do you say now? What do you know? Our Hooters didn't sing that song, but I'm into it. Never mind then. She's like, that was the Michigan location. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Wisconsin. I was Fort Lauderdale Wisconsin. Hooters. Yeah. But back when I was that, or then when I was a personal trainer, or when I was on a, v- a show on VH1 about heavy metal music, or when I was traveling with a Broadway show, or when I was a starving actress living in New York City in a tiny eight foot by eight foot room with a bunk bed with a roommate who I think was dealing drugs on the side and, <laughs> and running around, like all of the different iterations of my life, all the things that I've done, having a PR agency and selling it and having a personal training company and all of them. Like if you would have looked at it, looking forward and tell me that I was going to be what I am now, writing a book about all of it, speaking, (laughs) being in this room with you two, being friends with you. She was my mentor in my head for years. I didn't know. I didn't know Lori (laughs) in real life. I would listen to her podcast all day, every day, walking around. One day I'll meet Lori and what would I say to her? She'll be my friend one day. Like seriously. And I would tell you that that is crazy. That's not going to happen. And that's why I love that you shared a little bit of your story, that it was just one action step at a time. I didn't see the whole vision. I always thought that my journey was going to be, I'm going to be an actress. I thought that was the purpose. And at the end of the book, I tell this story. is really one of my favorite stories in the book. My whole life growing up, my dad's been my biggest fan, like always in the front row of every single show I was in, like sitting on the floor with flowers in his arms, like watching me, you know, Jenny, you're going to be on Broadway one day. You're going to be famous. I know it always cheering me on since, since I was four singing and dancing in the living room and him videoing me. And my dad's been on this journey with me. So hours on the phone, I didn't get the part, dad. I didn't get it. Like I'm single. I'm lonely. I'm trying to build this business. Can you help? Like all of, all of the shit, right? All of it. He was there the whole way. And my dad now has multiple sclerosis. So what's really crazy is that my entire journey, I thought that my goal and my purpose in this life was to be an actress and say other people's lines on stages. Wait for somebody else to choose me. Wait for someone else to say, you're good enough to speak, sing and dance on the stage and sing my songs and say my words. But my journey led me to something so much better. Now I get to pick my own words. And I get to speak on stage and perform and use all the gifts that I got to work on when I was younger to do something that is so much more fulfilling for me. 
And my dad's never been able to travel to come to any of my shows now because he can't travel. So just last year, I was invited to speak in Fort Lauderdale where my dad lives. And he was like, I don't care how far I have to walk with my cane in that casino. I'm going to get my butt to see you speak and sit in the front row. And this was a real estate event. So it was the broiest event that you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> and I love speaking at super bro events. I love bringing real Jen to events like this and, and making these guys see something a little differently. And so my dad's sitting in the front row and I have all of these real estate investors standing up and visualizing their perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing it. And my dad is crying and I'm looking at my dad and I'm having this moment and it was like a flashback to when I was eight and I was singing and dancing on stage thinking nothing is better than this and I was like wait this is what it was all for and my dad and I got in the car on the way back and he looks at me he's like Jenny it all makes sense now this is what you were supposed to do the whole time but we had to get through all that stuff in order to get to this moment so my favorite quote in the whole world is the Steve Jobs quote, you can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backwards. You have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You don't necessarily know. Linz didn't know she was going to be doing this. She just took one action step at a time. I just took one action step that made me want to puke. One action step at a time. I didn't know why I was doing any of the things. I didn't know why I was on this crazy TV show pretending to be somebody that I wasn't. But apparently it was because I was supposed to tell the story to women like you to help you realize who you really are and find that and shine and be seen as that person and not dress up as a character version of yourself for the rest of your life. It always makes sense. And I believe that I was pacing the streets listening to Lori Harder because I was preparing to be the best friend <laughs> that I ever could be to her. Ever and she in the is. World. And she is. <laughs> I'll never forget when you came up to me, you were like, excited to meet me. And I was like, I'm excited to meet you. <laughs> like, I was so nervous to talk here. here. How does this work? <laughs> Can we be friends? Um, that is so amazing and so special. And also, you, you know, we're talking a lot about being our authentic selves. And wanting to be seen, except when you're thinking about it, how do we figure it out? Because I know that I'm on this journey every single day of, hey, I want to show up even more on social media right now. I want to show up even more on my podcast. But what does that look like for me? And it's scary when I start to make those decisions like, oh, I'm going to be myself for one minute. And then I find I'm apologizing on the podcast for being myself. I'm like, that's not what people who are being themselves do. <laughs> so how has it looked for you guys? What journey are you on right now of trying to even figure out how to show that even more? It's just an everyday thing. And my journey has been kind of slow, I feel. I've just always had like a, a concern for not just what other people thought of me. It was like, is everybody okay with this version of me? It's not making anybody feel uncomfortable, not making anyone feel less than, which makes sense, right? Because if you think about like in our world, it's kind of been demonized. Like if you live this really big life, it, you know, it comes at the cost of other mm -hmm. people's happiness. Especially or you have with to sacrifice. women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've had to just really learn how to use the tools that I have developed. And, you know, a lot of it is just, I spend a lot of time in my own energy. I've realized like I really require a lot of alone time, a lot of time just tapping into like, well, what is inspiring me? What feels like it just lights every cell of my body on like up like a Christmas tree? Like what are the things that I love that I've abandoned? Because a lot of that, and I resonated so much when you were talking about not realizing that for a lot of my 20s and even into my 30s, I'll be 40 this year. And I think I noticed it when I turned 30 just like a layer of that coming off. And I feel it now as I get closer to 40, another layer coming off. But I also wouldn't trade the rest of it for anything because I think it it helps me speak to the people who I want to serve, that I spent a lot of time not realizing that every decision I was making was being run through this question of who do I need to be so that you like me and also so that I don't trigger anything in you and also that I don't, shine too bright. But then inside I was dying because I, I've always just known from a little kid, I've just known that I'm special. I just know that there is a big purpose for my life. Even growing up in like Green Bay, Wisconsin, it, like I just always wanted to like get the best grades and I just wanted to achieve things. And 
And it came from like this very beautiful place of just knowing that like, that's what I was supposed to do. It wasn't placed on me by anyone else. And I'm still like very quietly tiptoeing into whatever this today's current self-expression, fullest self-expression is. And it hasn't been easy. But I've had to look at where am I blocking myself? What does it feel like physically in my body when I'm not myself? Because now I can really feel the difference. When I'm asking myself, I'm like speaking at a very different event next week. And I was having this thought in my mind about the kind of outfit I should wear versus what I just want to wear. Right, exactly. And I caught it, right? In that moment, I caught it. So I feel like it's these micro decisions of noticing. For me, it's really helped me to notice my physical body responds differently when I'm feeling as though I'm self-expressed versus when I'm not, when I'm feeling suppressed, we'll just call it. And reintroducing a lot of things that I love. I'm doing a weekly dance class. I've talked a lot about that. I'm going back to the things that I loved as a kid when I felt really self-expressed before I started to learn, oh, when I show up like that or when I do take the lead, I notice this person feel a type of way about that. So maybe that's not safe. So I just kind of have gone back to like, where were those roots where I felt like the most self-expressed version of me? How can I bring that into like my grown-up life right now? And then starting to really hone the skill of noticing where I feel like I'm running things through that old pattern of who do I need to be so that insert whatever I want to avoid or whatever I want to have happen. Like I want someone to like me. I want to avoid triggering them and noticing where when you tap into it, like when you feel the real you, you cannot get over that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're hooked. Once you allow yourself to experience that a couple times, you're kind of like, oh, we can't go back now. What do we do? Our life doesn't match this. This sucks. And when you find <laughs> the people who you can be that version of yourself around we can be equally fashion forward and really freaking weird. And I remember the first time Lori ever came and stayed at my house, she told like a really inappropriate joke, like something that I was like, she doesn't know me that well, but she just told that joke. I I remember saying to Elliot that night, I was like, yeah, I'd like her. This, is, this <laughs> friendship gonna is okay. going to last. The problem is Elliot makes me feel like I can tell those jokes. And I was like, maybe she cares. Oh no. And <laughs> we were fine. Then we're good. But when you find the people that you can, consistently show up as that version of yourself. It took a while to find them. It becomes easier and easier. Mm -hmm. Jen, how about you? How did you discover how to be more of yourself and how are you practicing it now? Well, I'm going to give you guys a really actionable strategy to do what she was just talking about because it's, it's been really, really fun for me to explore this. And when I had the breakdown moment that led to the biggest shift in my life, when I, everything pretty much crumbled, I lost everything. I lost the TV show. The guy that I thought I was going to marry left me for one of our friends. And fun. I found my, yeah, fun. I know. <laughs> found myself like living in this tiny little room with six other actors. And I had like a window that faced a brick wall. And I didn't know who the hell I was anymore because I had spent years of my life pretending to be somebody that I wasn't. And I wish that I could tell you that I like immediately transformed and new. I need to tap back into real Jen. Like, I know I need to find my real self. I didn't immediately. It was a really big process. I actually spiraled way deeper. It's all in the book. And I had to really, really dive deep. And it started from my mom actually giving me this book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And she is very into personal development and very into spirituality. And I was not. And she knew I wasn't going to read the book. So she photocopied one of the affirmations in the book and she put it inside. And on the back of the photocopy, it said, Jenny, I hope you find yourself again. So in that moment, I was like, all right, I'm not going to read this stupid book, but I can take this affirmation and I can read this thing every single day. And that's all I'm going to do. This was my one commitment that I made to myself. So I was as dark as it could be. I was as like feeling as hopeless and as helpless I could possibly be in my life. And I was like, I'm just going to read this every day. And I truly believe that confidence is built from consistently sticking with commitments. And I don't care if it's reading an affirmation or going to the gym or calling your friend or texting someone or writing a gratitude list. I made that commitment to read that affirmation every single day. And that's the thing, sticking to that commitment and getting that little dopamine hit. Well, I did the thing I said I was going to do. Okay. I can go out. Oh, I can find a podcast and listen to it. Oh, I can go to Barnes and Noble and read a book. Oh, I can start to explore personal growth and self-help. And I became a student of personal development. And I started to realize that 
the little girl that I used to be was not anything close to the person that I was portraying in my life. She was loud and proud and unapologetic. And if you came over when I was five years old, I would have probably made you sit down and watch me do a show (laughs) on top of a table. You would have to watch and you would have to applaud and it would probably go on for more than two hours and you might hate me. But that was who I was. And I didn't care if my belly hanged out. I didn't care if I had frizzy hair. I never brushed it. I didn't care. I just wanted to sing and dance and, and be myself. And I was unapologetic about that. So I started doing this exercise that now I call Wonder Walks. And I use Wonder Walks to both manifest things and to tap back into real gen. And I want to invite you guys to, to use Wonder Walks if you don't really, if you have to tap back into that feeling of being really in the pocket. And I love the term in the pocket because I want you to think about what that would mean for you. When, like, I think of when I was a little girl singing and dancing in front of my dad's video camera and doing, like, It's a Hard Knock Light, It's a Hard Knock Light from Annie, like, in its full performance (laughs) with a costume and everything and rolling around on the floor. That was when I was so in the pocket. Like, time stopped. I didn't care about anything. This moment right here, I'm in the pocket. Like, this could go on for hours and I wouldn't get tired. Think about what that is for you when you're your most truest self. Maybe it's a person you're with. Maybe it's something from your childhood. Maybe it was when you walked down the aisle to the love of your life. Maybe it was when you held your baby for the first time. A moment where you're like, this is me. Like that song from Greatest Showman plays in the back of your mind. And you're just like, this is so me. All right. So you're going to think about that moment. Now I want you to think about maybe a song or a scent or a visual that can bring you back to that moment. Maybe it's a photo. Maybe it's a song that was playing during that time in your life. Maybe it was, you know, a perfume that I know everyone got that perfume at Powerhouse. That's why I loved that. That would bring you back. And I want you to use sense memory. So when I was an actress, we learned method acting. And this is how I came up with this concept. I'm going to use method acting to get back in the feeling of being real Jen. So they would have us envision, get really, really close to that feeling and, and kick it off with a sense. So I started going on walks and playing like Little Mermaid, Michael Jackson, Annie, Wizard of Oz. All of the songs that I would sing and dance to when I was a little girl, and I would walk the streets of New York being like, singing, and no one cared, obviously, because it's New York City and everyone's crazy. (laughs) Uh, And I would slowly but surely start to actually tap back into that feeling of who real Jenny was. And then I started being more unapologetic as I did things in my life and the decisions that I made and the people that I was around. And I would just bring that little girl to the party. And the more that you bring that little girl or that little guy to the party, the more you allow them to be seen, the more energized you feel and the more confidence you give yourself to be able to navigate the world as that person. Because that person knows your heart. That little person inside of you, they're still there. And they know what you want. They know what makes you thrive. They know when you feel the most in the pocket. So go for a wonder walk with your little self. Tap back in and just walk around feeling the way that they would feel in that in the pocket moment. So good. I love that. I literally, we were talking before this, I do that. I go for walks. I listen to music. I am such a dreamer that when I'm not going, I'm also very married and I love being with my husband so much that sometimes <laughs> I'm not alone. So I have to remember to go specifically go walk alone, turn on music that like really inspires me, like I'll, one of my favorite playlists or whatever. And I just go daydream. Like I just let myself, some, some walks you guys are very dull because nothing is coming to me and maybe it was a really bad day or whatever. I'm like, okay, that wasn't such a wonder walk. That was more like a dur walk. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. walk. Sometimes they are dur, dur walks. Yeah. There's no wonder in that one. Okay, I wonder <laughs> what happened. <Yeah. laughs> I just wonder why I just did that. For the I wonder hour. what the point was. <laughs> but it really, really works. I have to literally this week because it's been too hot to walk. So I went on a wonder drive. Yes. Like in the middle of the day, I turned up music so loud, like really, really good music and just drove for like 30 minutes and let myself daydream, didn't even know where I was going. But I have to go and do that to remember like, what do I want to do? Then the music gets me to start thinking. It's like all of those things when I was little, I'd listen to music and daydream. So then I was reading your book this week and I'm like, this is so crazy. I'm literally doing this to tap back into myself. So I love that. You guys should do it for sure if you haven't done it. And you guys, that brings us to the top of the hour. I know that's what happens when you're in the pocket. We are so in the pocket. I know. No one wants to go home yet.
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.